Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. Here's your need-to-know news. Kyle Hendricks takes the mound tonight versus Michael Kopech. South side, two Chicago teams going at it. Professor is 1-6 with a 4.38 ERA lifetime against the White Sox. That's 11 appearances against them as well, which... Dude, I know he's been around for a while. That still seems like... Eh, how often did you play each other and you... Dang. He's given up exactly seven hits in each of his last four starts versus the White Sox. He has four losses, one no decision in his last five versus the Southsiders. Also bad news, when he plays on the Southside, a 6.75 ERA. Kopech, meanwhile, has four appearances versus the Cubs, mostly in relief. Yet to give up a run in the Northsiders in six and two-thirds innings of work. 8-10, first pitch, line is even. Right now, who you like? That's a tough one, man. I'll tell you this: the White Sox have got to score five. That's what the they tell you. If they score five, way better outcome for them on usually. We'll see what happens tonight. How much of a rivalry is this, too? Like, do you feel like this is the players? I mean, it's not going to be like Cubs-Cardinals or anything like that. But I just, I don't know. I kind of wonder. Michigan football head coach Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA are in discussions about a negotiated resolution for a four-game suspension for the start of the season, says ESPN. What? The suspension is tied to an NCAA recruiting investigation into the Wolverines, which Harbaugh faced a level one violation, which is the most serious kind, for not cooperating with NCAA enforcement. While the suspension and negotiations with the NCAA have not been finalized, the expectation is that Harbaugh would miss the first four games of Michigan season. That includes four home games, uh, which, come on, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. You may remember the story, right? So they kind of reported some stuff, and then Harbaugh lied. Or they caught Harbaugh in a lie, and then he wouldn't admit that he lied. I'm trying to remember what the exact situation was. He tried to be like, no, I didn't really technically lie to you. They're like, no, you lied about it. And then there was that whole big thing, and it just kind of faded away. This is where we're at now. Scary stuff today. Uh, Bronny James, the eldest son of LeBron James, suffered a cardiac arrest today. He's in stable condition while practicing with uh, USC. 
Medical staff were able to treat Bronning, take him to the hospital. He's in stable condition now, no longer in the ICU. No word on what it is, how this happened, but very scary stuff. Purdue men's basketball head coach Matt Painter is going to be one of three assistant coaches for the U.S. basketball's men's select team. What is the select team? It is the team that helps train the national team ahead of the FIBA World Cup. It's comprised of uh, 11 current NBA players, three veteran players uh, with the NBA, NBA G League, and international experience. Members of the USA Select Team train daily with the men's national team. This isn't Matt Painter's first go-around with USA Basketball. So, cool stuff there. Good for him. Congratulations, Coach. Uh, the 2023 Maui Jim Maui Invitational has officially been announced, even though Rothstein kind of leaked it late yesterday. Purdue will take on Gonzaga in the opening round, Monday, November 20th, 5 p.m. tip-off uh, for us. It's noon local on ESPN2. The game will be the second game of the day following Tennessee and Syracuse. The other side of the bracket will pick Kansas versus Chaminade and Marquette versus UCLA. So Purdue gets by Gonzaga. They will face the uh, the winner there of Tennessee or Syracuse. They lose, they get the loser of that. And that's the way that it rolls. Uh, as for Gonzaga, Purdue leads them 3-0 all-time. Syracuse, UCLA, uh, Purdue 10-3 and all-time against the Bruins, 0-3. Against the Orange. It's rooting for UCLA. Boilermaker Alliance and GoldenBlack.com have announced a partnership. Uh, they'll provide a new subscription model that will provide new, uh, never-before-seen behind-the-scenes access. The new membership model will feature five tiers of subscription, ranging from the Starters Club, which is $25 a month, to the Founders Club, an exclusive club, for members who make significant commitments to the Alliance. Subscribers of this new membership model will receive a GoldenBlack.com premium membership and access to additional exclusive content produced by GoldenBlack.com. The exclusive content will emphasize Matt Painter's men's basketball team, Ryan Walter's football squad, Dave Shundell's volleyball team, and Katie Gerald's women's basketball team. And there you go. That would be today's Need to Know News. All right. Let's see if we can put some bets together today. Let's see if we can get ourselves uh, a little bit of luck. Yesterday, I told you to tread lightly. We said that it was kind of not a great lineup, but uh, Kenta Maeda, Castillo, boom. I hope you played some ladders. Got a little extra legs out of that. Both those guys had good games. Uh, we made uh, We made some money. I think, who did I give out for him? I gave out some hitters too, didn't I? And that went well. So let's get back at it tonight. Um, this is, I don't know, I don't know if it's just the matchups or what, but this is another little bit of a, of a head scratcher here. But some good strikeout props tonight for you here. I like Eduardo Rodriguez. Angels are the worst over the last month against left-handed pitching K-rate. It's almost 
Erods has hit in uh, five of his last seven, uh, five straight, seven of his last eight, and nine of his last 11 starts. I like those numbers. Blake Snell tonight. Good ladder candidate for you if you like to play those and you, uh, you know, sprinkle a little bit here on not just the over, but, you know, you escalate up. Um, Snell has hit in six of his last nine and had 10 versus Pittsburgh last time out. His number's at seven and a half at most books. Some have creeped up to eight and a half. Pittsburgh's second worst against left-handed pitching K-rate. Uh, and Snell is an absolute animal. We like Blake Snell tonight. I don't like him as much at eight and a half, but I still think he's a good candidate to reach double digits tonight. Uh, Andrew Abbott tonight for the Reds, over five and a half, sitting five of his last six, and uh, two thirds of his starts versus Milwaukee. He's got three starts against him. It's down to five and a half. That's not bad. I'm a little shaky, but I like that lower number with Abbott tonight. That's not too bad. Who's hitting the ball well? Uh, I got a lot of the same names of yesterday. William Contreras has been hot. He's batting 500 in nine plate appearances uh, versus, I can't be right, uh, in 10 plate appearances versus Abbott, including a homer. He's collected a hit in 23 of his last 30. Like Manny Machado tonight against Rich Hill, he smashes left-handers, and he's already batting 417 in 13 plate appearances against Hill, including two home runs. He's hitting 322 against lefties tonight, Manny Machado. Luis Roberts got a pretty decent history with uh, Kyle Hendricks hitting 500, including two homers there. Josh Bell tonight, 308 versus Granke. Granke is Garbage. Got a six-game hit streak going on right now. These are the folks that we're looking at here. Uh, for those of you that partake in Dinger Tuesday over on FanDuel, I, I, I am not settled on anybody. I have tried today, and I just have not circled anybody that I absolutely love because of the matchups today. I just like there's there's matchups here tonight where you take a look at it and you say, oh, obviously this has got to be something like um, Colorado and uh, Washington. You got Gomber, who is one of the you, between Gomber and Williams, there's 44 homers given up. And then you go and you run the simulations, you look at all the data and stuff, and nobody really sticks out a bunch. It's it's really bizarre, but you figure that's a game that should be like loaded with home runs. They put up 16 runs yesterday combined, and what only one home, two home runs in the entire game. Patrick Corbin's not great, and then they went with like a bullpen round with Colorado. Bullpen's terrible. So I don't know. Maybe that's just a trap. I I, I wish I had a good. Homer pick for you today. Lindor, I'm told, is supposed to be really good today. A lot of people are picking him, but Domingo German's been not a guy who gives up a lot of homers. Cody Bellinger has been great hitting the baseball, but like he hasn't been 
hitting for a lot of power in this uh, big streak that he's been going through in July. Kopech's been so much better. He's walking a lot of guys, too. I hate that. Uh, favorable weather conditions in L.A. might mean J.D. Martinez for you late this evening. But again, Bassett's been... Bassett's 10-5 and five with a 3.92 ERA. Can give up some homers. But boy, he's really striking dudes out, too. I mean, it's just... It's tough today. Real, real tough. I may have to lay off the dingers today. All right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. Um, We are on the eve of Big Ten Media Days. It starts tomorrow. I'll be down there Thursday for Purdue. We got a lot of just not great headlines that we're going to be talking about. Now, this Harbaugh thing has been added on. What are some of the things we're going to be expecting starting tomorrow? We'll talk about it. Uh, that's next. This is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer and what? Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. It's uh, coming up starting tomorrow. Two day event. It is Big Ten Media Days from Lucas Oil Stadium. Purdue participating on Thursday. And I'll be down there. And uh, Kyle Charters will be filling in for me in the studio here. We'll try calling in and. Uh, talking a little bit about uh, what will uh, you know what's going on here, what everybody is saying, and now increasingly here, uh, it's getting away from the actual football season and it's turning more into, I want to say scandals here, but maybe not this upcoming football season topics. With now the addition we had the Northwestern fiasco, now and it is it is turned into a fiasco. Now we've got Jim Harbaugh. Jeez. Mm, we'll get to Harbaugh in a minute. Northwestern, their president told the student newspaper, which, by the way, who okayed an interview just days before Big Ten Media Day just seems like a terrible idea. But the president told the student newspaper he didn't read the full investigative report that included testimony before suspending Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks. Only a summary. Saying that he only received a raw summary of the investigation conducted by Maggie Hickey after the Daily's report was published the student newspaper. He then said he asked to look at testimony, which led to his decision to fire Pat Fitzgerald. I can't. By the way, also in the interview is um, is a statement that he has no intention of firing their athletic director, despite the fact that you have this going on with football. Uh, you now have a baseball coach that's fired. Uh, now it seems like you've got some questions around the volleyball program with a second um a lawsuit being filed now. I don't think the baseball players have filed anything yet. But he said, there's no conversation ongoing about Greg's employment. I'm supporting him. I, 
How much of the question is going to be about football for Northwestern? Hey, this is embarrassing. I don't know how people have jobs. You're handing out a suspension. You're negotiating a suspension based on a raw summary of a six-month investigation? You can't be bothered to read it? Or at least have one of your minions read it for you? And then this is all happening under an athletic director's watch, it seems like. And you feel like, eh, we can keep everything in place. That's astounding to me. And make no mistake about it, I mean, the the questions at Big Ten Media Day for Northwestern will be, you know, how do you how how do you coach this season? How do you coach knowing that you're probably not going to be there at the end of the year? Why is this a good idea? Right? Because you're going to have a staff. That, that staff knows they're not there at the end of the year. They're going to bring a new head coach in. He'll replace it with all of his guys. There's questions just based on what's in the report that they should even be there. But like I said, what, a week or two ago here? Your hands are a little bit tied with this. You have to play football. You have to have people in place. And there's no way you're going to be able to do diligence and hire somebody. Nobody wants to come over and take over the ship for a year. I don't like it, but I understand. But that, and, and then to go out and say things like, it's this is a mess. Now we're going to go over the Michigan side of things. And that's... the NCAA decided to let this loose. Let this little tidbit go. Just to kind of stick it to Harbaugh a little bit. I'm surprised we're talking about four games with this. So if you missed out on this, if you need a refresher on what's happened with Jim Harbaugh, um, there were a couple of level two violations doing some recruitment during COVID, during a dead period. Harbaugh, according to the NCAA, was not truthful with the investigators in his testimony. That is actually a level one violation. So lying to cover up what happened with level two invest- level two violations actually is a much stiffer penalty. But I'm surprised we're talking four games here because if we've learned anything here is that the NCAA seems to be very, very toothless with punishments. That there seems to be some question about how they can enforce and what they can enforce. With state legislatures constantly changing the rules here to make sure their universities don't really fall under the purview of the NCAA as long as they don't want them to, uh, they're not going to. Now, Michigan's not one of those places just yet. But you could be looking as much, I believe, as a six-game suspension for a level one violation. 
We're negotiating it to four, four games that you could argue Michigan does not need Jim Harbaugh on the headset for. I'm surprised it's four. You're asking Jim Harbaugh to agree to his own punishment. I'm surprised he let it stop at four. I'm sure they came in at six, and then he probably said two or three, knowing they come up to three or four, but I'm still surprised that it's there because he basically has to agree. He has to agree to this. Unless they're going to hit him with some kind of, like, you know, show cause thing and he gets some kind of, you know, he's not getting fired. Remember, we all thought that, that was going to happen back in January, that maybe, hey, they got him here, um, it's a whole big thing, and then, you know, he was going to take the Denver Broncos job, maybe, we talked about that. And then he said, no, I'm going to stay. Why do you think he stayed? Because they know the extent of what the NCAA can do to him, and he knows it ain't nothing more than a slap on the wrist. If it was one of those things where he was going to be in serious trouble, that they were going to dock him pay, yeah, he probably would have talked a little bit more seriously about taking the Denver job. But they know. It's just, it's another long list of penalties that the NCAA has figured out that they really can't enforce like they used to. And they're so afraid of litigation that they're literally asking the people that violate their rules to agree to the punishment. you got to negotiate with them. What a world. Like, I understand lawyers and, and judges and stuff, they'll, they'll do the plea bargains. But can you imagine not being able to really do anything to a criminal unless they agree to the charge and the sentence? <laughs> it's amazing to me. It's amazing. And like I told you with the Northwestern stuff at the uh, beginning of the month, you know, their stuff specifically is not going away anytime soon. This stuff with Michigan will, but it will dominate Big Ten Media Days this weekend. We're going to take a break. Hang tight. The Maui Gyms, uh, Maui Invitational Bracket. What do we think? Should we be happy? Let's talk about it. That's next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 Hammer 1017. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis. I'll tell you what, you know what's creeping up on us here? High school football season. I am, uh, yeah, I'm ready. Actually, you know what I did was um, when Kyle was having his issue, if you listen to the show on on Friday and Kyle had a problem with the, uh, the, the phone lines locking up and stuff, uh, I tried to call somebody to get some help. I accidentally called uh, Coach Strasser on exit. He got back to me over the weekend and got to talk with him. Sounds like uh, some exciting stuff happening on the south side there. Seems like he had some good numbers out, too. Uh, it was great to talk with him. I can't wait till we get back to uh, the high school football season. I'm ready to turn around. As soon as I get back from vacay, it's uh, it's high school football prep season and uh, you know, ready to see Sam out there on the beat as well. 
and uh, talk to your favorite local coaches, and uh, you know, hopefully we get some sectional champions around here. That's the dream, right? We'll see what happens. All right, uh, Purdue, Maui Jim's Maui Invitational. Let's go. Purdue draws Gonzaga. Purdue beat them 84-66 in the semis, that uh, PK-85 tournament that we played in. I like it. Look, they've seeded Kansas as the top team in this thing. They've seeded Purdue as the, um, I would say, the second seed, right? And you look at the way this, you know, more than likely plays out. First off, uh, what it's a stacked field. I mean, ESPN's preseason ranking has Kansas 1, Purdue 3, Tennessee 6, Gonzaga 8, Marquette 10, UCLA was a Sweet 16 team last year as well. That's pretty darn good. And there's also Chaminade, but it is what it is. Um, I like the way it sets up for Purdue. Obviously, Kansas is the uh, is the scariest team in here. Uh, you had some real success last year against Gonzaga. I don't believe Gonzaga's got a lot, you know, a lot of those big athletic guards. Although I'll be honest with you, I'm not super familiar with what the lineup looks like this year. But again, Purdue. Purdue played very well against them. You're not going to sneak up on anybody in this like you did in the PK-85. That's the other thing you got to keep in mind. There's a target on your back. You are on the radar here. Tennessee is interesting to me. You know, UCLA, you have that uh you have that history. I, I think you'd rather play UCLA. You'd love that if you can make it in the finals like that, but it's just not gonna happen. I mean, it's Tennessee or Syracuse. It's most likely Tennessee with the win. You were 3-2 and two all-time against Tennessee. And we all remember what happened last time these two got together. Ryan Klein made some dudes look foolish. But I don't think that's such a huge step um, that you can't climb to get into the finals. If there is a sense of irony about anything, it would be Purdue taking on Marquette somehow in the uh, in the loser side of the bracket. I don't know what it would take to get to that moment, how that would have to break, but 
and finally did not have to play. Then they put him on the other side of the bracket here, and then it just seems like those two would find a way, doesn't it? After having to play in the Gavit games, it seems like every year. I mean, like, I feel like at one point we're going to have to cross Florida State. But overall, I think this sets up pretty fairly for Purdue. I mean, certainly first round against Gonzaga is not like taking on Chaminade. Maybe taking on Marquette would be a little bit better for a first round. Taking on Syracuse maybe first round a little bit better. But the whole point of this thing, the whole point of participating in this thing, not only for the exposure, but it's the competition level. The team just flat out needs to be battle-tested. That's what you get out of this. It's a small gym, but you know what? That's a big-time atmosphere, national television. There's pressure. It's a good opponent. You want success in March. You have to go and compete in things like this and find success. So I'm excited for them. I think this thing sets up pretty decently for them. I don't think they're getting... Um, screwed over in any way the way the thing is seeded out seems to set up rather nicely for Kansas that's what happens when you're the number one team I mean they're going to go through with this year they really are here I mean you get this thing you still got Alabama that you're going to play up in Toronto you got Arizona coming in to Indianapolis. Remember, because we don't have the uh, um, the Crossroads Classic anymore. So you bring in Arizona, who's arguably a top 10 team. I mean, you're going to know a lot about yourself uh, by Christmas. Heading into that conference slate, I mean... I thought last year's run was impressive when it came to non-conference. This one is, it's something. And it's something that Purdue needs. They absolutely need. Not only from a confidence standpoint, but from good teams can expose some weaknesses. And you want to work on that stuff before you get into the conference slate. This is exactly how you do it. So I I like this. I'm excited. Um, And the times aren't terrible either. That was the one thing I was worried about. You're like, Marquette and UCLA play 1130 on that Monday night. And we all love our boilers, but let's face it, 1130, that's hard for most Purdue fans. 5 p.m., much better. I could even at least do the 9 p.m. game. You're not in the 10.30 on Tuesday. You're either doing the 2.30 or the 5 o'clock game, which is nice. And then once you get into Wednesday and it's, you know, whatever, as long as you're not in the fifth place game, that's at midnight. That's a nightmare. But at least you'll get 
those first couple of games in good spots. Like I said, it all sets up very nicely for you as Purdue and as a Purdue fan. All right, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back some of the things that uh, we may have missed, including Justin Fields being asked to be on Netflix quarterback documentary for the second season. He sounded off about that. We'll tell you about that and more as we wrap up the show next. It's the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Just Elias. Going to wrap it up. Big thank you for making me a part of your Tuesday. Don't forget, Thursday, uh, I will be down at Big Ten Media Days. Kyle will be filling in here, but uh, I'll be calling and checking in. So, uh, very much looking forward to that. Let's get into some of the things that we may have missed. Former uh, Notre Dame grade and Bears quarterback, Johnny Lujak, passes away at the age of 98. Uh, in 43, he led Notre Dame to a national championship. He then left to join the Navy, fought in World War II, hunted German submarines in the English Channel. After the war, returns to Notre Dame, two more national championships, wins the Heisman Trophy, Bears drafted him. He was good for a while there. As a rookie in 48, he intercepted eight passes while playing defensive back as well. Man, that generation, man, just a different breed. Different breed. Guys back there playing two. Can you imagine, like, one day you're just sitting here, you're going to college, you win a national championship. I'm going to join the Navy. I'm going to go blow up German uh, submarines. I'm going to come back like nothing ever happened and go win uh, more national champions in the Heisman. Dang, man. Hell of a, not even hell of a man. That's just a hell of a man right there. Uh, some Bears news here. Uh, we kind of speculated Chase Claypool, despite being on the PUP list, was. Probably pretty close to being back. Ryan Pohl says uh, he just needed an extra day or two to get right. Saying we're excited about him. He's been working hard, spending extra time with our staff, getting up to speed. So he should be good to go here um, by the end of the week, early next week. And that's good news because, again, chipping off pick number 32 for him. That's some uh, lofty expectations. Justin Fields uh, says he was offered a slot to appear in Season 2 of Netflix documentary Quarterback. I've started watching it. It's good. Mahomes, Cousins, and Mariota. But he says uh, he has concerns about how it would distract his teammates. Quote, just having cameras around the building, I think it might be a change. It might change the vibe of everyone. I just want to keep it natural and organic and really just focus on what's going on in the building. I can respect that, but don't we have, like, team cameras and all that other stuff happening in there, too? If it's not for you, it's not for you. I just, I'm not going to be like, oh, dude, suck it up and just do it. We want to see what it's like. I get it. I understand some teams have fears about being on hard knocks, that that can be a distraction because, you know, one thing happens, it becomes a meme, and then everybody's bringing it up. And But I think at one point, a lot of that stuff just kind of fades in the background and you don't realize that they're there. But some of these guys, too, it's a family thing, man. you got to 
got a significant other, you got kids and all that, you got to take them into consideration when doing this. And let's not forget, most of these guys, they don't need to do it for the money. They've all got pretty darn good deals. They can tell you no if they don't feel like doing it. So I'm just kind of, I'm kind of surprised we got the access to guys like Mahomes, Cousins, and Mariota. And it must not be a big enough distraction if Patrick Mahomes can still go out there and win the Super Bowl. But to each their own, I'm not telling them that he's wrong for saying no to it. That's what you want to do. You're a leader in that locker room, man. You make the call. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Jim Ursay has announced, he says, yes, the rumor is true. I didn't know this was a rumor. He says, the Houdini of our time, Chris Angel, will join the show on uh, September the 8th to break Houdini's record of a 150-foot free fall tied up and chained in Lucas Oil Stadium for a one-time performance September the 8th, 8.15, more details to come. Can't we just book Red Panda Man? Can we not get the dogs to catch the Frisbees? Chris Angel? Want to watch Chris Angel? <laughs> what are they going to do? Is he is he going to be suspended from that uh, wild card banner that you got hanging in there? Are we going to hang on that Chris Angel hang uh, dangled from here? Twenty twenty three, hang that. We're going to raise that banner. It is the look. Even if you're a Colts fan, you uh, and I've heard him go. Well, that's a significant. It's still you got to admit it's one of the most embarrassing things happening at Rafters in any sports facility in America. It's bad. But yes, we're going to do a full-on magic show, apparently, September the 8th. And then finally, there's a former University of Minnesota golfer named Justin Doden, who in Canada over this weekend um, erased his score on 18 and penciled in an incorrect score. He cheated. I have no words. I don't understand why people cheat at golf. At least you and I. You're not setting the course record. You know, the whole idea is that you kind of play against yourself. I know you're playing against your buddy. Maybe you got a little skin on the side. You cheat. I mean, this guy did it in a professional setting. And I have two thoughts with that. One, how do you feel like you're able to get away with something like that? With so many people watching, with these things being electronically tracked on top of that, he tried to do it because then he would qualify for um, uh, another event. I, I, I don't understand how you think you're going to get away with this. The next thing is when you know you're trying to take that step here in the PGA Tour Canada and you're trying to move up, you've got sponsors. I understand the pressure that there is to succeed and to play in bigger events. I I I get that. 
I'm not justifying what he did. But I think it's a little bit different between when he does it and then when, like, you and me would try to do that. You know, winter rules, you improved your lie a little bit. He tried to change his score to qualify for a better event. You know, he's fessed up to it. He's asked for this forgiveness. I hope the PGA Tour Canada does give him another chance at this. I think we all make mistakes sometimes, and and clearly this is a big one. Sometimes you have that moment of weakness. I, I Fingers crossed for him. I think he deserves a second chance. But I do not understand when people like you and me do it on the course. You're just lying to yourself. People that pay all those money for a charity golf outing, and you get free mulligans and all that, and you still cheat. What's wrong with you? Stop cheating at golf. Ain't nothing worse than a golf cheat. Nothing worse. That does it for the show today. Tomorrow, we'll get our first little tidbits out of Big Ten Media Day. We'll see what everybody's got to say here as uh, it gets kicked off. That's tomorrow. Back here on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and uh, 1017TheHammer.com. Don't forget to follow us on, do I call it X now? The thing used to be Twitter, at the Hammer Sports. Give us a follow. Don't miss out on anything. I'll see you back here tomorrow.